Hey, it's Amanda LeClaire. You're listening to Culture Shift on WDET. Well, author and actor Michael Ian Black has grown from a young indie comedian on MTV's sketch comedy series The State into a ubiquitous pop culture contributor on cable television shows like VH1's I Love the 80s, 90s, and New Millennium series. And he's now a politically savvy commentator on some of the biggest issues of our time. Music, however, has always played a part in Black's comedy work, whether that's the groundbreaking soundtrack to the state or the way the ideology of the punk and hardcore bands he listened to as a teenager influenced his attitude toward comedy. Black is currently touring to preview his upcoming book, A Better Man, a mostly serious letter to my son. He's going to be the Crowfoot in Pontiac on Thursday, November 21st. I got to talk with him about the music that shaped his life and career and why he's now embraced Bon Jovi as a personal theme. Well, my mom and dad split up fairly early, and my mom got into inexplicably for a uh, Chicago girl. She got into 70s country music. And so I remember growing up listening to a lot of um, sort of country hits of the time. Sort of like soft rocky but more country stuff so that could be like eddie rabbit and juice newton and glenn campbell but i'm gonna be where the lights are shining on me like a rhinestone cowboy just whatever was kind of popular on am country radio at the time like bad country music Bad country music. So did you, at the time, were, did you hate it as a kid? Not a fan. <laughs> did that kind of push you into getting into your own stuff really young? I suppose so. Um, well, I certainly knew what I didn't want to listen to, which was AM country hits of the 1970s. So by the time I started picking out my own music, I started, I think, the way a lot of kids start, which was just by listening to whatever was popular and seeing what I liked. That was right when MTV was starting. Whatever was on MTV was whatever I liked. So that could be anything from uh, Duran Duran. Or Michael Jackson, or even the Talking Heads. Anything that there was a video for, basically, I liked. Were you still in Chicago at that time? Because you would have been had access it as a teenager then, at least to a, a pretty thriving music scene. Had I been in Chicago, yes, I would have had access to a pretty thriving music scene. In the suburbs of New Jersey, I did not. Well, eventually, once I got into my mid to late teenage years, I discovered like college radio, and the local college radio station was the Princeton station, PRB. And they would play all kinds of crazy stuff, especially later in the day. And so I got exposed to a lot of punk music and hardcore music. And then they had a really good record store, and Princeton was maybe a 25-minute drive from where I lived. So by the time my friends got their licenses, I was a little younger, we would drive to Princeton and just sort of go through their bins and see whatever looked cool. So somebody might pick up Black Flag. I remember buying a 10,000 Maniacs album because I thought the name was so extreme that they must be crazy. Sky, like 
but they, that was that was that was not true at all. You did not like Ten Thousand Maniacs, then I'm guessing. I was just very disappointed when I finally put it on about what it was. It wasn't even that I didn't even like them. I, I couldn't even form an opinion because it was so against what I was hoping for. <laughs> so at that time, you would have been uh, kind of at the, the well, at least nearby, near D.C., near, near New York, of all these like really um, hardcore punk scenes. Did you go to shows at that point? I started a, a, a punk band in high school. And um, one of the things that we got to do was play CBGBs, which was a real thrill for us. That, I, that would have been the high point of my band's existence as a high schooler. And then once I went to NYU, yeah, I would go to CBs or even in high school, there was a place called City Gardens in Trenton that we would go to and they would just have whatever random punk bands were passing through. I saw the Ramones there. I saw probably some other main acts, but I saw the Sugar Cubes at CBGBs when they first came out. So I was like three feet away from Bjork and basically fell in love. It was a place in Maxwell's, I mean, in Hoboken called Maxwell's, where I saw Fugazi and The Descendants and uh, Bob Mould. The politics of, of that era and the politics of those punk bands in particular, did that influence your comedy career? It did in the sense that Especially in the beginning, when, when I was with the state, the sketch group, we were very consciously and deliberately aggressive in terms of everything that we did, the comedy that we made, the, the kinds of skits that we did, the tempo of the skits, the music that we used. And it was all kind of designed to have this aggressive attitude. and. A lot of the music that we listened to certainly reflected that. Oh, I will say, though, that lately uh, my walk-on music for my show has been uh, a song that I may have detested more than any other growing up in New Jersey. It's called Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. But now, to me, it has become a kind of comfort food, um, the guiltiest of pleasures. And so if you come to the show, you will hear Living on a Prayer as I walk out onto the stage. I started out really hating it and hating Bon Jovi. And now it's just in my DNA. I think I've mutated towards it. Have you found meaning in the lyrics that you, you didn't didn't realize before? Oh no! Oh no! 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 There's there's certain things I like I like about it a lot. There's a really great beginning. I'm really into the course, and then there's a key change about three quarters of the way through. That was the only thing that I ever liked from it.
That was comedian Michael Ian Black. He'll be at the Crowfoot in Pontiac on Thursday, November 21st. This is WDET.